Hello everyone, this is Shireen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled podcast. I mentioned in my Easter podcast that Jesus went from lowly to lonely, from a man-made manger to a man-made cross. He ended his life in total separation from God, so we would never be alone again. Regardless of where you are right now, know this, God has not forsaken you. Even if you feel he isn't present, doesn't mean that he is. It is simply your incorrect perception. Also know this, sometimes even your closest friends will disappoint because of misunderstanding or our expectations. We are each fallen people who don't get friendships right 100% of the time. So think of the relationships in your life vertically and horizontally. God is unchanging even when our life does. So how does that work with our horizontal relationships? Today I'd like to discuss the connection between identity and friendship. What does identity have to do with friendship? Being your authentic you, your life story as it unfolds, and having these special people in your life as a support network through life, through seasons, through change, through crisis. Before I got married, the only advice my grandmother gave me was, don't forget your girlfriends. I'm now curious as to this statement. I can't help but wonder if she had a close confidant when crisis rolled into her life in her 20s with a young child. But I hear it a lot. I don't have many friends, or I'm lonely. At the outset, let's think broadly. God will bring friends into your life that are lifelong, life seasons, and life struggles. So the lifelong people are those that you have known the majority of your lifetime. You can go lengths of time apart or without talking and pick up right where you left off. What a blessing to have these people in your life. Life seasons. Perhaps you're raising children or teens uh, with your peers. Perhaps you're caregiving. Through each of your life stages, you should have friends to share these shared experiences. Why? so you can bring up and discuss the topics that are important during that phase of time. This friend group may in fact change as life seasons do, and that's okay. But also in this category, I include a support network, personal and professional. For those times in life, you're going through a hardship, a trial, or a crisis. And I have news for you. You were never meant to handle burdens by yourself. Sometimes, when you least expect it, God will bring friends back into your life in the most unexpected and totally non-predictable ways. So today, I'd like to dedicate this podcast to my friend from long ago, who God brought back into my life in one of those crazy ways. Diana, if you're listening, this podcast is dedicated to you. I look forward to seeing you soon and catching up on life. And not to get off on a tangent, 
I was listening to a sleep podcast earlier this week on the connection between quality of sleep and depression, especially in women. And my immediate thought was, do these people have close friends to talk to? True, many times the challenges of life aren't that simplistic or causative, but it did make me wonder. So today I want to share what I consider to be the circles or levels of friendship and why they are important. If we think about Jesus' example, he had three circles of friends. The innermost circle included Peter, James, and John. The next bigger circle included the other disciples. The outermost circle included the throngs, especially women, who followed him during his three years of ministry. What does this example teach us? We, too, should develop and nurture friendships in this manner. And what does this practically look like? Well, I'm going to start off first by the innermost, smallest circle. If you are married, your spouse should be your very best friend. Research shows that marriages last if your spouse is also your best friend. No surprise there. No other relationship should get priority. That means you nurture and treasure this covenant relationship more than the others. As a side note, if you discover that this is not the case for you and there are challenges, please seek guidance and direction from a licensed marriage and family therapist to address any issues at hand. If you're struggling with the marriage, vent to a professional in a confidential relationship, not on Facebook. So the marriage relationship is the smallest innermost circle there is. Like I said, nurture it, treasure it, and guard it. That means have boundaries with it. Ladies, that means you don't talk disparagingly about your spouse to others or put anything on social media that isn't uh, protective and edifying. Now, does that mean we're, we forsake others for the sake of our marriage? No. This is unhealthy and unwise. Let me give examples. I've had dear ladies who have come for one-on-one -on -one grief coaching. The significant difference in those who already have girlfriends and those who do not at the time their spouse passes away is one of the bridges between moving forward and staying stuck in grief. So I've talked about the innermost circle, that of you with your spouse, but let's talk another about another circle, an inner circle, where we're told in Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times. This is just a close inner circle of friends. Science is replete with evidence that one's physical health, emotional health, and even longevity is positively correlated with close friendships. I read a book years ago where the author cited a study that people were healthier if they had friends than if they ate a healthy diet. The point was made that it's better to eat Twinkies with a friend than to eat broccoli alone. If you know me, you also know I advocate healthy daily lifestyle choices, but you get the point of what science shows. 
Now let's move to the next circle out. I'll spend time on this circle, this inner circle of friends, because science is telling us um, that this is what we are lacking in our culture and in our lives. A quick Google search indicates that we need five close girlfriends or guys. This can be the same for you. Let me say it again. If you're married, these close friends need to be same sex. So other than my spouse, if I think of the next outer rung, this handful of, of friends, of which I'm hopefully going to emotionally attach to, they need to be the same sex. Even though my husband and I have shared couple friends where he's friends with the guys and I'm friends with their wives, I do not need to be sharing emotional sensitive information with um, the husband of any one of these gals. This is a boundary issue. Yes, if you're married, you don't need to be sharing your innermost feelings and emotions with someone of the opposite sex. So, what does this practically look like? Number one, do you have a small group of same-sex friends who truly know you inside out? Again, it can be five or less. Science indicates we actually don't do close relationships well if we have more than this, in our innermost circle. Well, what should characterize this circle? From a counseling concept of attachment, you should be able to A, be seen, B, be safe, and C, be secure. So what does this look like? To be seen means that you are your authentic self, sharing your struggles, your emotions, and your thoughts. In life coaching, there's an intimacy scale that I give to clients frequently that looks like a musical crescendo. At the far left is when you only share facts. At the far right of the crescendo is that ability to share facts, feelings, and innermost thoughts. This level of intimacy only occurs in a small, confidential uh, group of people. Let me also say that it doesn't need to be a group, but can be separate individuals who comprise this innermost circle outside of the relationship with your spouse. So I've talked about what it means to be seen. What about to be safe? Well, to be safe means that these people do a few things. They don't condemn, they don't criticize, and they don't react. They simply allow you a safe place to share. As a side note, have you ever had someone that you barely know or that barely knows you decide to quote, speak truth into your life? Sometimes this may come across as a rationalization that they have a spiritual gift of prophecy to speak truth. So they hide behind spirituality to let you have it. Or sometimes they observe you doing something that they feel like needs to be addressed in your life because they believe it's the right thing to do. This happened to my husband years ago with an acquaintance, note the word acquaintance, who took it upon himself to put my husband in his place. 
My husband came home offended, and rightfully so. The dynamic of their relationship, a much bigger circle than the one I'm talking about, did not warrant this kind of helpful confrontation. So to be seen, to be safe, and now to be secure, what does that mean? To be secure means that these people are trustworthy. Have you been burned in this regard? I think we all have. Knowing who to trust can be tricky, especially if we have been vulnerable and then someone takes advantage of that. Who do you know who to trust? Well, here's a red flag. Pay attention to what is disclosed to you by your circle of friends. Do they share sensitive information about others? Chances are they may be sharing sensitive information about you. So again, this may be a red flag in your level of disclosure to them. Can you still be friends? Well, of course. It just simply means you don't share everything based on what you've already observed. Sometimes learning to trust someone involves you sharing something deeply personal, being vulnerable, and seeing how that person responds. If they are trustworthy, they will keep it confidential, and you should do the same for them. In going back to my earlier comment about women, sleep quality, and depression, I'd be very curious to know if their physical and emotional lives would improve simply by having a very few close trusted friends. But let's bring this home to you. Do you have a few close friends? If not, then why not? What is preventing you from establishing these close relationships? I listened to another podcast a couple of weeks ago about this very topic. The podcast guests had written a book and talked about three areas that are essential for this innermost circle of people. Vulnerability, positivity, and consistency. Could it be that you're just not making time? Could it be that you're not a positive influence? Meaning, how do people feel after they have been with you? Better or worse? Are you critical, condemning, and challenging? Could it be that you only go so far emotionally with your friends that prevent true intimacy? So here are some things to ask yourself if you would like to take steps toward deeper relationships. Number one, am I seen being authentic with a trusted few? Number two, am I safe? Meaning, are you a safe place for others to land emotionally? Number three, are you secure? Am I secure? Trustworthy. Number four, am I intentional? Are you prioritizing these relationships? And number five, am I accepting? One caveat, please know that if you have a very close friend engaging in any kind of destructive behavior where intervention is needed, and by that I mean danger to self or others, this breaks all the rules of confidentiality. You are putting what is best for them even above your relationship. 
Now, what happens if there is conflict in this inner circle? For the people who are the closest emotionally to you, it is worth the time, effort, and relationship to try to communicate how you each feel. Can you make the other person listen? No. Can you make the other person empathic? No. But what you can do is simply try. If they are simply will, unwilling to work through the challenge, then let them go. Good, true, close, intimate friends ought to be able to look at the situation in the other person's shoes because they love and admire you. If they're unwilling to work through the challenge, like I said, let them go. This says more about them and their inability to do hard things than it does about the conflict or challenge at hand. So that's the inner circle. We've talked about the innermost circle with you and your spouse, an inner circle where just a trusted few reside. Now we have outer circle. An outer circle would be those people that would include your neighbors, your coworkers, parents of your children's friends, etc. These are the people with whom you have certain things in common, doing life together. And again, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, perhaps these are season of life friends. You are friendly and converse and have some kind of working relationship with these people. It's in this rung where your expectations may need to loosen a bit. If you haven't maintained a close intimate relationship with these people, for whatever reason they distance themselves, let them go. The outermost circle are the people that are simply acquaintances in your life. Do you share your innermost feelings and thoughts with these people? Absolutely not. Does social media come to mind? These are your Facebook friends who you only know from afar or as close as a click on your computer. Do not share sensitive information on any type of social media. This is an issue of boundaries, or rather, inappropriate boundary setting. So please be aware of this in your own life. The further out the circle, the less self-disclosure. Let me say that again. The further out the friendship circle, the less the level of self-disclosure. Now, let me say a word about avoiding these kind of people in your life. And again, this is just a list that I came up with. It's not all-inclusive, but uh, I wanted you to be aware of some people that you probably just need to avoid. So, number one, if they share your secrets, avoid them. If they don't say anything good to you, avoid them. If they appear friendly only to gain something for themselves, meaning manipulation, avoid them. If they are possessive, controlling, and jealous, avoid them. 
If they're unwilling to hear your side or even your con correction, if you're a close friend, then avoid them. If this happens, that has nothing to do with you and it's actually something going on with them. What about the energy sapping people in your life? Avoid them. What about the people who enable bad behavior? You need to stay away. If people are discouraging, if people don't listen, and if people withhold their innermost thoughts and feelings, even if you've shared yours, best to distance yourself. God will bring people in and out of your life, and that's okay. Be thankful for the time you did have and keep moving forward. One last encouragement for becoming a better person and friend. I want you to also think of circles here. Think younger, think older, and think peer. You become a better person by having one or two people with whom you confide deeply who are on each side of your generation. Why? Because we learn from others' viewpoints and we become better people for it. Now, I want you to go out and be the friend you want to have. And let me know if you have any questions along the way. You take the first step. Don't wait for others. You know, part of us being created in God's image means that he has given us dominion. He's given us the ability to live with intention. So live an intentional life and see what God does with your action steps. I'd like to close with a Persian proverb. I can only get better if I have good friends. So I leave you with two questions today. Number one, do you have those friends? And hey, if you do, thank God for them. And number two, are you being that friend? Until next time, this is Shireen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled podcast.